Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. This is Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. And we're back in the studio again yes, together. Yes, my studio is it's kind of a tiny little table. But Margie, this might be the last time we yeah. have like a totally DIY, on the fly, oh, us setting so. up our own junk recording. Yeah. We're, we're going legit. I think, yeah, we're getting professional help, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously we need. And, you know, I did enjoy watching a lot of YouTube videos to try to figure out like what thing went into what other thing. This for three years, this gear, this, and this rig, this has gotten us a long way. I'll tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss this little mixing board. What if we smash it, sort of like office space no, style? No, no, <laughs> it's been wonderful to us. Like I'm trying the, to think if there was one piece of this gear that I would bash. Um, the you pop know, filters. The can pop we, filters. Can we please destroy the yeah, pop the filters? Yeah, the pop filters in... are bad. And also, like, we for some reason, we always need, like, little doohickeys to kind of uh, adjust different types of to ends. plug the headphones into yeah, the... We need so, all kinds of adapters. Yeah, things. we're always having, like, adapter issues. So get excited, because we're going to sound even more gorgeous in future weeks. Yes. Although I think I'm remote next week, so this may not start. For... That's all right. That's even all the more reason we need professional help. Yes. Because so that... we just travel too much. And Various was... recording <laughs> softwares do not eat our episodes. Right. <laughs> there was the week that I went to Vegas twice in one week, and one of those trips I spent the entire time in my hotel, like, re-editing the show. I was like, you know what? Nope. This is not. Nope. This is not going to work. And so, I, and I rewarded myself with like a clean juice and like an avocado toast. And I'm like, Oh, Margie. I know. I was kind of still that's... doing penis from penance from my previous <laughs> Vegas trip. But anyway, I was like, something is not. <laughs> I'm not doing this right. <laughs> like, doing something has gone horribly wrong here. Even though the avocado toast was lovely, still did not feel like I have. I was making good life choices. So, the, but we're what, will, professional what will make home. me sad though is if we're not having to come to either your office or to my house to tape, I will start, I won't have as many good like Margie artifacts. Like I found a Margie DCCC name badge oh, in my like, kitchen the other day. And I was please like, don't say Paul. Please no, don't say Paul. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, my eyes were popping. I'm like, no, are you going to tell no, me this no, right no, now? No, no, no. I love the no, Paul just like house. a folded up, like you must have come to my house right <laughs> okay. after a meeting and the name okay. tag and I was like, okay. can I peel this open and like sneak my way into the D-trip? <laughs> Do you think they'll notice? <laughs> okay. D-triple-C tag. I will not get in trouble No, for. no, no. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then one of, uh, there was like a plastic, I think this is actually what you brought me, the, um, the bust magazine and the heirloom gardening magazine yeah. and the amazing soap, which I love, uh, in like a like a co-op bag. Yes, and I used that co-op bag to transport some pepper seedlings 
through TSA on an airplane. You are already, you are practically an honorary (laughs) citizen. Not that we have a problem with non-citizens at Tacoma Park, but you are an honorary resident. You could be an honorary resident at Tacoma Park by transporting seeds across state lines in a reusable garden bag. Honorary resident at Tacoma Park is going to be the first thing used by my primary opponent one day. So awesome. Thanks. Thanks. That's the best. It's all right. We've already been polling on it, and I'll make sure to not leave it at your house. Okay. All right, so what are the top lines? We have a good song. There's no sun up in the sky. Lena Horne. Stormy weather. Stormy weather. Yes. Stormy weather this week. We will take a look at whether voter attitudes on the Stormy Daniels story are in any way different from what you might expect from your typical partisan breakdown. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about views on Trump's relationships with Bob Mueller and with Kim Jong-un. Also, how you feel about the economy. Surprise, surprise is related to your partisan identification. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Uh, <laughs> we'll say. also talk about the troubles facing Facebook and some of the brand issues that they are confronting in the wake of the Cambridge Analytica story. Census 2020 will include a question about citizenship. We will talk about the implications. And then Happy Easter. We'll talk about... Or Passover. Or Passover. Yes. We'll talk about the polls on these holidays. But first... Poll of the week. We tweeted this out. So this is—is is this a poll being done by like an elementary or middle school? It's class? a third, th- some third graders, and they didn't want to say the school. I think they didn't want. That's I don't know fine. what would happen, but it did go a little viral. And it had tip to Amanda Hoey, one of my colleagues who's sitting right out there, who flagged this for us. And it's the world's cutest survey. And we've talked about like kids surveys before, but this one is like really extra cute because it just reminds you how like kids can kind of open their minds a little bit in a way that a sort of world weary grown ups <laughs> rethink, can't have. Rethink your questionnaire uh, design. Rethink everything you know about good survey research. Right. Let, let new ideas flood in. So I'm going to take this poll here on the air. I've not looked at it yet. It's long. So you might want to take uh, all of them, but that's okay. Right. I'll take a couple. I'll take a couple. Okay, let's see. First question. If you could be a mythical creature, which one would you be? Unicorn, mermaid, dragon, fairy, werewolf. All the important kid food groups. Dragon. Done. Okay. Number two. If a dinosaur was chasing you through Beauty and the Beast, who would you wish you were? The Beast, Belle, Dad, Gaston. <laughs> Gaston. <Right>. Number three. <laughs> Would you rather communicate with only an Etch-A-Sketch or a Light Bright? Well, I still have some scars from the 2012 campaign, so I'm going Light Bright because mm. Etch-A-Sketch just is cursed. Right. If you were a centimeter tall, where would you live? A doll's house, somebody's house, an inch tall bouncy house, <laughs> a person's shoe. <laughs> Definitely not a shoe. We're going dollhouse. Uh, I don't know the... Okay. If you could switch bodies with a Disney star, who would you switch with? Dove Cameron, Sophia Carson, Peyton List... Sky Jackson. Um, is there a fifth option for who? I am old as heck and I have <laughs> no clue who these people are? I know, I know uh, right? Okay, skipping, skipping. Oh, what's your favorite video game? Disney Infinity, Super Mario Kart, Star Wars Rogue One, Star Wars Battlefront, and Forza 7. Good list. I'm going to go Super Mario Kart. Um, blah, 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 blah. Lots of funny questions. Any of these. If you were green, who would you rather be? <laughs> Leprechaun, my dad when he gets sick, a flower, a shoe. Leprechaun, obviously. Uh, if you were a predator, which would you rather be? A tiger, a shark, a killer whale, a black panther? Aww, they're good, huh? Those are good. Killer whales are kind of jerks. I'm going to go shark. 
Uh, okay. Wow. Oh, this this really does keep going. Okay, I'm not going to do all of this on the show. Um, may, may I recommend if you met Bigfoot, what would you do? Play dead, start a band with him, take a math class with him, or take a nap on his foot while he snores. Ooh, two is compelling, but four is more likely. <sighs> Want to start the band, more likely to take a nap. Right. I mean, that is pretty funny. Okay. If you could change the stars on the American flag, what would you change them to? Socks, flowers, golf balls, yourself, or hearts? <laughs> Uh, I'm offended by this question. <laughs> Our flag is amazing. Is that God kid, bless America. Is that kid going to be like the next target of, Lin, uh, I, of Linda Ingram or something? Laura Ingram? I feel like in Trump's America, it's a combination of golf balls and yourself, right? Like that's, that's, that's the favorite board game. Candyland, Checkers, and Tic-Tac-Toe. I'm a little disappointed Settlers of Catan is not an option. Mm. I guess I'll pick Candyland of those three. What about this one? What superpower would you want? This is going to make you feel good about America, folks. The power to cure cancer, the power to help the poor, the power to help all sick babies, or the power to never die. Wow. This is a third grader that's like really thinking about some deep stuff. uh, Yes. Or would you rather wear your shoes on the wrong feet or wear your pants backwards? Maybe a little less deep, but nonetheless interesting. Uh, I would probably rather wear my shoes on the wrong feet because I think that I've actually done that. I wear clothes backwards a lot, but usually just like shirts, and I usually figure it out right within about ten minutes. There was this t- trend when I was younger where people would wear their sweaters backwards. I don't know if that was a thing when you were young, or if that was just like that was just just me us not paying attention when I was um, myself. My kids wear their shoes on the wrong feet, knowing like constantly wearing your pants backwards. I think would be. In most cases, noticeable. But anyway. Uh, oh, uh, a somewhat topical question for this week. If you could be a Disney princess, who would you be? Ariel, Rapunzel, Jasmine, or Cinderella? Um, I Okay, I've heard a very compelling case that Ariel is is massively like a bad example for yes. young girls. Yes, <laughs> because I'm here to tell she you. She goes and destroys her whole family in pursuit of a man and then like leaves them forever and... Also, and gives up her voice. Uh, yeah, uh, the the <laughs> Sunny like, Bunch. Here's why the villain is actually the good guy. Case for that movie is that like Ursula is just someone who wants contracts to be followed. Just, <laughs> uh, so I, I gotta say, I can't I can't pick Ariel. Probably Jasmine. She gets a tiger. It's pretty great. Cinderella. She has a rough. And I am I, I've never seen Tangled. So although she's voiced by Mandy Moore, so that's points in her favor. Okay, we've gone. Way off we have topic. actual real polls to, to discuss, <laughs> but we thought folks have enjoyed this online, so we thought we we would share in real time, and folks might enjoy it as well. So we will link to it as always, and it just you know just made you think nice thoughts about young kids. I wonder if any of these types of questions were involved in the personality test that people Mm. took that created the data that went to Cambridge Analytica that led to the whole firestorm that's bringing down Facebook. (laughs) Right. Like if you really prefer, maybe it's like voter targeting. Like if you secretly you prefer whoever that like Dove Cameron was or whoever, then that really means you're like. (laughs) People who pick shark as the villain they'd or the predator they'd most likely to be deserve this kind of a message. Where if they've picked tiger, you should go with this other. That's right. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Let's talk Trumplandia very briefly. Pretty s- stable, stable yeah. genius. Yeah. Forty-one point five percent job approval. I mean, what? Like he? I mean, it's. I don't know what to say. I mean, he's firing everybody. He hasn't spoken to anybody in several days. He has 
strippers and porn stars, uh, you know, out being interviewed. That lawyer, Michael Avenetti, right? Is that how you say his name? It's, can't, I mean, he's, I basically see him on television as much as um, any person out there. Sure. Is that a good – like, so this – I've actually been wondering this because I've spent a lot of time in airports and in uh, hotels just, like, turning on the TV during the day uh, on some business travel this week. And I did notice that anytime CNN was on, it was, like, Stormy Daniels Network. Yeah. But then I did some focus groups over the course of my trip and, like, that – it didn't come up at all. Right. In any discussions. So I do think there is kind of a disconnect where like this is a story that is like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And is talked about a lot with like a certain chunk of people. But I totally get that it's not moving numbers in any one direction. A, because as this mor- so morning consult did a poll asking if people believe that President Trump and adult film star Story Daniels had a sexual affair before he became president. A majority of Republicans say, I don't know. They don't say no. They just say, I don't know. Right. I have no opinion. I don't care. As do a third of independents, although a majority of independents say, yes, they do believe that President Trump had Well, no opinion affair. is different than don't care. You could. The don't oh, know, no opinion. Sure, right? Because it's. Sure. Do you believe? Yeah, I guess. And then I thought this was interesting. And actually, some kind of bipartisan agreement. In general, do you believe it's common for a president of the United States to have had an extramarital affair? Forty-four percent of Democrats say common. Fifty-eight percent of Republicans say common. Fifty-four percent of Independents say common. So, like, there's not really that much daylight between D's and R's on this compared to everything else we talk about, where it's massive. It's still interesting that more Republicans think it's common than Democrats. I don't know. I guess is that like well, that's Bill the... Clinton related? I don't know. What I don't know. I, or they're I'm just sure, like they're all bad. Repub- yeah, I think that's the point. Is it's Republicans saying like, oh, everybody does a big deal out of this, but it's not really that big a deal. Whereas Democrats seem to be making the case, no, this is this is unusual and extraordinary. Because you'd think with the Bill Clinton factor being that he is the only one in recent history with like a confirmed a confirmed affair, like that. You would think the numbers would be the other way, but of course, Trump Trump drives everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the it's it, it doesn't surprise me that if this is a story that does not have any implications for your average voter's day-to-day life that they would have totally partisan views on it and it wouldn't change his job approval. Right. And you know, I mean the thing is I I I get why people want to talk about the affair. I mean this question asked about the affair and it's not that that is not news I guess if you're talking about a president these things end up being news you know anything about him is news I don't sort of begrudge people wanting to talk about this on the other hand like the issue in this particular case is not the affair which happened long before he was president right it's so the pay, it's, it's the pay off the fec right it's all implications right the bullying you know etc the nda the use of ndas and other cases all of that Sure. I mean, I I think this that it ties. It, you know, it harkens to his more non consensual allegations, non consensual behavior, even though this was not non consensual. So you know, it, it's all that. It's not just like, isn't it bad when men behave? You know, cheat on their wives, which is not really the issue, at least for me. And it, you know, the question I think 
some of the lines of questioning maybe conflate these issues or the conversation around this conflate these issues. You know, it's interesting I, that this did not become as big news until it had sort of churned around in the media for a while. And then it started to become bigger news. So I don't know what that says about the future of how we talk about the sexual behavior of politicians. I'm not sure about that, how that relates to Me Too, and et cetera, which are all big questions that are still outstanding. I think ultimately for this, the issue is what does it mean about like Michael Cohen and so on? And, and not all these questions really get at all of it. And Michael Cohen, of course, in pollsters land is famous as the... Says who? Says, <laughs> says who? The polls, all of them. The Bri- what polls? Brianna Keeler <laughs> Truth and... Truth and Poll Reporting <laughs> Awards, which we have not given out in about a year. But uh, yeah, so, okay. Well, you know, the only, that the Stormy Daniels story is not the only relationship of Donald Trump's that is in the news. Uh, North Korea, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Uh, CNN has done some polling, finding out about how people view Trump's decision to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Uh, interestingly, they ask two different questions, and it doesn't look to me like this is split sample. It looks to me like this is part of the same poll um, where they say, do you approve or disapprove of the way Donald Trump is handling the situation with North Korea? And when you ask it in that way, your results are extremely normal partisan breakdown. Only 6% of Democrats approve. Only 10% of Republicans disapprove. Independents are split right down the middle, 45-45 independence gonna independent but then when you specifically ask about president trump's decision to meet with north korean leader kim jong-un you actually see the numbers improve quite a bit especially among independents republican numbers actually don't have anywhere uh, to go um you still have 82 percent saying they approve in fact disapprove ticks up by three points uh this maybe this is like the bill crystal hawk wing of the, you know, never Trumpy hawk wing of the party Maybe. making itself known. Um, but independents by 67 to 25 say they approve of Trump's decision to meet with uh, Kim Jong-un and even 38% of Democrats. I mean, approve. it is. this may be one of the highest numbers for Trump on anything among Democrats that we've seen. Yes. So I think this is I was intrigued by this finding because when you just say, do you approve or disapprove of the way Donald Trump is handling X, you get a totally predictable partisan break. But when you specifically talk about this action, it scrambles things a little. And I I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And then they also asked, and this is the same poll again, CNN, and this is, um, they had some questions on how do you, or is this missing that one? Is it the Mueller question? The Mueller question that may not be in here, but you could see this testifying Oh, if Donald Trump is asked to testify under oath for the investigation being run by special counsel Bob Mueller, do you think he should or should not testify? And even a majority of Republicans say, yes, he should testify. 36% say, no, he should not testify. 10% don't know, refused. And of course, it's like three quarters of independents, 92% of Democrats. But the fact that you get a majority of Republicans on this question saying, yes, Trump should testify under oath, that I think is a pretty sizable that's a much right. bigger number than I No, but expected. I think th- – right. But I think there's also – let me look it up because I feel like there's a question about how do you approve or disapprove of how Trump's handling the Mueller investigation where among Republicans, his approval is worse for that than it is for 
Oh, Kim interesting. Jong-un, but well, they do I have. I do over. see a question that is approve, disapprove of the way Mueller is in hand, handling right. the investigation. And there, you there actually wind up with Republicans twenty nine percent approve, fifty two percent disapprove. For independents, the approval is it greater than disapproval, but still under fifty percent. It's only Democrats where you see over fifty percent, and there it's sixty nine percent. It's very strong. Uh, approval for Bob Mueller. But this is one of those things where I think, you know, there are folks that that say, ah, like, I I think of Stormy Daniels being in this bucket, like, there's all of this sketchy stuff that's going on with Trump and NDAs. And like, the Mueller investigation keeps, you know, getting closer and closer. And like, this is all influencing voters. And I think for Republicans, they have kind of tuned it out. And independents are pretty split. Oh, it's complicated. All right. Here's the question I was looking for. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Donald Trump is handling the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election? Okay. So a little bit different. And among people who approve of Trump, generally, 65% approve of how he's handling the investigation. 22% say disapprove. This is among people who approve of Trump. So those numbers among the approval folks are actually a little bit worse for Trump than the questions on North Korea or meeting with Kim Jong-un. So that's what I thought was a little bit interesting. Well, the other thing that has happened uh, coming out of the Trump administration in the last few weeks is talk about tariffs. Um, And we've got a little bit of polling on what people think about the economy. So CNBC has done some polling um, asking people uh, about what do they think about jobs? And do you think that um, your party is looking out for the middle class? What are people thinking about the concrete effects of the tax reform bill. Uh, this poll is pretty interesting. So, you know, Republicans in the CNBC poll, um, slightly more people said they trusted Republicans versus Democrats on the party that is best at creating jobs. But Democrats have the advantage on looking out for the middle class. So it depends on sort of which metric you think is the most important mm-hmm. to you personally or for the economy, which party um, you might lean towards on economic issues. I thought this take-home pay stuff was interesting interesting because I've been going out around the country and in focus groups, I'll periodically just like ask people, you know, sometimes Republican leaders will do this check your check thing. They want people to look at their paychecks and say, oh, look, it's something different. Um, These findings sort of lined up with what I have heard, which is that, you know, there are about a third of people say they report having more take home pay because of the tax cuts. Um, About half of Trump supporters, about 35 percent of people in the middle class, more than half say they haven't really seen any change in their paychecks. Another 16 percent are unsure um, and so what this sort of notes is it could be uh, you maybe you need more time for people to notice it. It could be that the change is just too small for people to notice in some cases. Um, so which this is one of those things where I think you've got a lot of Republican leaders who are like, everybody, go look at your paychecks. You're going to have more money. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, there, there's some people who they have other changes in their circumstances or maybe they got a raise that was unrelated and. Some people think that it was supposed to be in place for the taxes that you're just filing in two weeks. And so there is, a, I think, a lot of confusion about where you should be looking to see if you had had a change. And so those numbers actually don't surprise me and kind of line up with what I've heard in focus groups. Right, right. And certainly, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. There was polling that we did. There was poll- other public polling. And some the questions are always a little bit different. Like, have you seen it in your paycheck? Have you noticed your own economic situation improving, which is a little bit different. Um, how do you think, what do you think about the economy? How do you think the economy has proved as a result of the uh, tax plan? So you get different kinds of answers depending on how you ask this question, but it's not a surprise to me. I mean, also people's hours vary. Um, that it may be hard to notice, or you may not be the, you know, you may not 
always look at your pay stub, you know, that closely. So, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why people might say this, or it could also be, which a lot of Democrats would argue that, you know, the differences are pretty negligible. You know, the dollar fifty a month or whatever it was that Paul Ryan was tweeted out that caused a big, uh, you know, fun day on Twitter for everybody. Um, so, uh, but it, this is just another confirmation of that. And I guess people are going to continue to ask about this. The tariffs question, uh, I was not surprised by this, that people were really divided with a large number. It looks like a plurality, 36% saying they don't have an opinion on how they feel about tariffs. And that is not a surprise because it's complicated. I mean, these things are complicated. It's new. It's not making like, I mean, it's making news, but is it making that much news that, you know, you could integrate this and assimilate it into your knowledge base quickly in a way that you'd have an opinion on it? For a lot of people, the answer on that was no. And, you know, 28% feel that'd be good for the economy, 44% fear they're going to raise, it's going to raise prices. I mean, there's probably a lot of partisanship that goes into views on this, but also probably a lot of people, both parties who say they didn't have a crosstab here by party, but probably a lot of people are like, I don't, you know, I don't know, but both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we've mentioned with, you know, a couple of these other things, the way you view the economy is often very linked to your political views. Um, there has been a big uptick in the last couple of years, kind of starting, there was a low point, uh, you know, through I think the first half of the Obama presidency, right after the uh, financial crisis at the end of the Bush presidency, um, where you had very few people in America who said the nation's economic conditions were excellent or good. Those numbers have really shot up pretty much since 2014, uh, there has been a a pretty steady increase. Um, But that increase is not all coming from the same place. So if you look at uh, 2014, um, you have Democrats that have really, during the final Obama years, began dramatically, I think, increasing their uh, assessment of how good the economy was, while Republicans stayed very flat, less than 20% saying that they thought that the economy was in um, good or excellent condition. And the moment Donald Trump is inaugurated, the Republican number shoots up from around 20% up to it looks like around 30 around 40% and then as of the last time they asked which was March 2018 74% of republicans say the economy is in excellent or good shape compared to only 37% of democrats saying that the economy is in excellent or good shape now to the to credit of democrats that number is not so different than where it was at the end of the obama administration right but the question is, is that number lower than it ought to be given where the stock market is, given where unemployment is, et cetera? Or is the Republican number just way too high given that, well, sure, everyone's 401k may be doing well, but does that mean wages are good, cost of living? I mean, there's there's arguments on both sides for why Republicans might be overly positive or Democrats Is that jump a little negative. like that jump that is, is an pretty aggressive jump. That, that jump does not seem to be grounded in like a real actual shift in economic conditions yeah the unemployment rate has not been like cut in half in the it's i mean because this number is more than doubled you know (laughs) so you know it's been a dramatic change right uh and same thing when you ask people just about their personal finances so during most of the obama presidency republicans were actually slightly more upbeat than democrats about their own personal financial situation um but the gap has widened since trump took office with now 62% of republicans saying they personally have a good financial situation compared to only 44% of democrats 
Um, and then percent who say they expect their personal financial situation to improve. So not just how you are now, but your outlook. Uh, Republicans, 82% think that things are going to improve. Although for Democrats, 63% seem positive about next year's financial situation, though that has been a number that has been fairly stable for 15 years. So if you were looking, so these are kinds of basic climate types of questions that you would sometimes have in a poll, even for a candidate or for... Something else, you know, for an issue where you would ask some basic economic climate things, in addition to example, right track, wrong track. And right track, wrong track for sure is partisan. If you, you know, you may think this, you know, most people think the country is not necessarily moving in the right direction. That's though fairly partisan views on how people feel about the state are also partisan based on who's in leadership in the state. Now you would think that economic views, particularly your own economic situation, those views, which is what the argument P was making here in this report, um, that that's now become more partisan is a sign of the times. It's not just about how do you think the country's going, which you could see why that would be rooted in some partisan views, but how your own finances are going, that that's become partisan is a sign of, you know, where we are. And it's a different kind of climate question. It also makes us all wonder, makes me wonder like, well, okay, well, if you're looking at, if, if this is now another partisan barometer, then what are the, you know, how useful are these numbers in figuring out what people's own economic anxieties are or as perception reality? It doesn't really matter what they're responding to. If they feel it's going better, then, then that's what you're capturing, even if, it's not necessarily going better. Yeah. Uh, listeners who are in the fields of economics, please weigh in. I would love to know your thoughts on to what extent things like consumer confidence or other, you know, uh, measures effectively of public opinion about the economy, to what extent that actually constitutes a fact about the state of the economy. Like how much of, of the way the economy is doing is a knowable fact versus the attitudes people hold about the economy. So, and then they have, and this was also pretty interesting. Pew breaks out views, and this is views on the economic conditions toward the country, not people's own finances. And they broke it out by um, household income with almost no difference by household income on how you view the nation's economy. But then they look at that further within party. So among Republicans, um, folks who uh, have household income of 75000 or higher are more optimistic than folks at the other end of the spectrum, but still basically in the same ballpark. You just have folks who are more, who have lower household income, more likely to say things are going to stay the same, not feel pessimistic. It's just the difference between same and better that varies among Republicans. That's just among Republicans. Among Democrats, you know, I guess you see a little bit more difference here where, um, you know, it, across all Democratic Democratic groups, no matter household income, more say that uh, things are going to get worse economically in the country than than better. But again, this real difference between worse versus the same, um, and folks who are in the upper bracket here are a lot more likely to say worse, in fact, than some of these other groups. Yeah, this was, and thank you to Ryan at Echelon for for flagging this this interesting dynamic where. If you are Republican and make under 30K a year, you are the least optimistic of your fellow partisans. And if you are a Democrat and you make less than 30K a year, you are the most optimistic among your fellow partisans. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so next, we should talk a little bit about Facebook. So last week, one of my three smoking hot rants 
ice cold rants, whatever they were. <laughs> One was the Cambridge Analytica Facebook story. Uh, there has been some polling. That Can I get? Out. I want to go on a rant about the coverage of the Cambridge Analytica piece because rant, 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 <laughs> rant. Do I have the rant stick, please? Okay. So, um, like, what was that Breaking Bad? Which I never made it to the end of Breaking Bad, but like he, <gasps> I know I didn't make it to what? the. You know, I just it just. Couldn't I just didn't even gotten to it? It's not because uh, did I didn't like it. I just make you know. it to the chicken restaurant guy. Uh, no. I would say his name, but okay. So Gus, you didn't get to Gus Fring, the guy uh, who runs the Los Pollos Hermanos restaurant. I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. So, but a, it, early on, go, this is before, be yeah, part. before he becomes like a, you know. Uh, before he comes like goes to the dark side and he's has like an intervention with his family. He's like, I'd like the talking pillow, please. Like early on. So anyway. <laughs> um. I heard somebody talk about like uh, somebody complaining. This was a tech reporter who I thought, you know, would know the difference. Say, well, when Obama did Facebook targeting, everyone thought he was a genius because it was cool and he was Democrat. And then when Republicans have, you know, Cambridge Analytica and they're doing basically the same thing, everyone thinks it's evil. I'm like, well, they're not really doing the same thing. I mean, using Facebook to find people is different than claiming to have a personality map that can improve your targeting and also then harvesting, you know, the data of all their friends. Well, that so the, that is I, what the Obama app did, but, but it was okay, allowed they, under the terms of service then and was No, ruled. but they did not what? They did not use they didn't personality map. No, not personality right. map, but they did so the, the when back in 2012 when you created a Facebook app uh, if someone installed that app, one of the permissions you could ask for was we'd like information about right. your friends network, and so that was what the Obama okay, campaign right, because that was legal. Say, but I think being able to say like you did this personality test, and therefore like we have decided that you're neurotic, and then we're able to like you know being neurotic makes you likely to be a, you know Ted Cruz voter or what have you. <laughs> just yeah, to well, pull that, and remember it, it, th- what they're doing is it's also just like this. It, they're they're saying oh we we did this. Facebook personality quiz of however many, you know, 100,000 people, million people or whatever. And then they have all these other characteristics about them. And so what they were trying to claim was that you could take these first personality quiz responses and with what you knew about the demographics of the respondents, create some kind of model that then for people who didn't take your quiz, you could project what you guessed they were personality-wise. Right. And and that's the part where you get people like me saying, okay, this is all just snake oil. Right. Like, it's not that that's like the what's bad. It's that that's totally useless and it sounds scary and it's But it is totally not pointless. the same to just like a, what I objected to. Unless I have it wrong. And look, I didn't work for either Trump or Obama. So maybe I should not have the rant stick, right? But um, it's, you know, it's the – to compare them to and to then say, well, everybody who like thought what Obama did with Facebook was cool because did it because of partisan views and everybody who criticizes Cambridge Analytica and Trump, that's also because of partisanship because they did basically the same thing. Like that's not really true. I think that's like trying to make it too pat. I I think I disagree with you a little on this. I think that it is what Obama did in 2012 and what Cambridge Analytica did are are different. They are not the same. Um, but I think that it is absolutely true that if a Democratic campaign had done the things Cambridge Analytica has been accused of, it would not be getting nearly the same level of 
oh my gosh, I can't believe this has happened. In mm. part because the Trump folks have have a brand that is more sinister. Right. Fair, you know, whether you think it's fair or unfair. So I, I do believe that the level of freak out would be different and is in part about partisanship. But I also think that it is now uh, – I think that we're just – the world is very different than it was six years ago about the way people think about data breaches Mm. and cybersecurity. And so I think there are other things at play, but I I will disagree with you a little. I think the coverage would be different if it was the Clinton campaign had this data firm that had done this personality test. I think it would be different. Maybe. I think so. Maybe. But I but that this is that's hypothesizing. Right. See, listeners who don't think that we disagree. <laughs> this is it. There you go. It, there was you that, go. This it, is real. It's, it's this not is it's not hot, quite Phyllis Schlafly. I hypothetical on what the coverage would be like. <laughs> Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees, and it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google/certificates. Well, let's take a look at what some of the polling says about brands of Facebook because uh, they have there. It's there's some trouble. Um, so Reuters Ipsos did a poll where they asked, uh, "Do you trust or not trust uh, the following to obey laws protecting personal information?" Which, to my knowledge, Facebook did not violate laws in this case, um, at least not in the U.S. Right. Um, However, a majority say they do not trust Facebook to f- obey laws protecting personal information. Yahoo is next at 37%, Apple 31%, Microsoft 28%, Google 29%, Amazon 24%. 66% trust Amazon to follow laws protecting personal information, which I feel like is like Amazon has to have numbers like that because they have speakers in people's houses that listen and talk back to you as we found out on the show about a yes. month ago. So yes. if I'm really concerned about my privacy and I have an Alexa in my house, oh. sorry to everybody's that I just <laughs> set off, uh, you know, the, um, if you don't, tr- like, if Facebook were to launch it, I think that I even saw an article yesterday that Facebook had been thinking about launching an in-home speaker and now, like, nobody's going to want a Zuckerberg speaker in their house. Right. Or at least that's the worry. Um, and the poll numbers do seem to bear that it would this just, out. That it would just say, "There's been a ter- this has been a terrible breach. <laughs> like if somebody tries to break into your house, it's just like, Zuck on your, on your speaker. <laughs> there has been a terrible breach. There's a um, side note. I have just started uh, binging that show, The Good Place, which is phenomenal, by the way. If you have never – I'm not – network sitcoms aren't always my thing, but I got nudged to watch it. And it is glorious it's like a it's like a seminar in ethics philosophy wrapped around a really funny show by the guy who brought you parks and recreation it's Hmm. a delight but they have a character on the show named janet who is sort of like an alexa but a person who is there in heaven in the good place right um and i really want to change my alexa's name to janet now oh okay now i'm (laughs) still i'm still on unreal that's the only show i have time for when it's like (laughs) I got a spare moment to myself. Unreal. That's it. That's what I'm about. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely clear that Facebook has had a bad 
week or two. And then SurveyMonkey and Axios had a poll that showed that they had a Facebook had a much bigger drop in their reputation recently, yet still overall more popular with Democrats than with Republicans. There's no tracking by subgroups, so we don't know how this has changed. Um, I saw a story, I think it was in Politico yesterday, about how conservatives are mad at Facebook, about the bias that they feel Facebook has. I mean, it seems like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, everybody's got sort of a bo- – this is – the knives are coming out. I mean, you have yes. a lot of folks with a bone to pick about Facebook. This is a good time to air it if you ha- happen to have one, I suppose. Um Yeah, they're wounded. So everybody who's ever wanted to take them out, this is now the chance. Um, I I also think there's some there's a one of Facebook's problems is is your product something people feel like they cannot live without? Right. So if you take a look both at this uh, Reuters Ipsos poll, I mean Amazon is something. If you were like Amazon's not going to exist anymore, that would significantly impact my quality of life negatively. If Google didn't exist tomorrow, that would significantly impact my quality of life in a negative way. If Facebook evaporated, it wouldn't. You just tweet more. I uh, I, I deleted the Twitter app off my phone for like 72 hours and I put it back. I couldn't do it. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard, guys. You're going to be in some sort of like support group that's going to meet at like, I don't know, where where would the Twitter support group thing meet right (laughs) (laughs) but they also there's another poll we have here in our um in our uh, outline for today's show about tech workers and how concerned they are about the data mishap with cambridge analytica so they ran a survey on something called blind which it says it is an anonymous work talk app for tech employees i don't know what blind is is it like a mix of signal and slack (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated. I know, right? It sounds it sounds juicy, right? Right, and it finds it half. It doesn't of- sound. It sounds kind of like a poll in quotes. It doesn't, you know. It's not like a full on poll, but it's still. It makes the cut for the pollsters. <laughs> yeah, we're, that way. We're, we're getting. Remember, as we get toward the end of the show, our standards fall apart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, can I say? Uh, but half of Microsoft employees who took the poll, forty-six percent of Snap employees, forty percent of Uber employees, thirty-eight percent of Google employees, and thirty-four percent of Amazon employees said they would be deleting Facebook uh, off their f- after the data mishap. Only two percent of Facebook employees. That's still kind of high. Are they real? Or are they trolling? I don't know. I almost hope they're trolling because if there's anybody who works at Facebook that's like, oh, no, I don't <laughs> want this product anymore. It makes me nervous. Yes. I mean, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess it's um, I guess it's part of like a tech. E- like I had thought when I saw this and I saw that there was a delete Facebook movement among tech folks like Elon Musk and so on. I was kind of surprised because I just assumed they'd all kind of protect their own kind of thing but i guess they take the other side of the coin is that they take data breach issues very seriously perhaps more seriously than the regular consumer is like well but you know that's where baby pictures are so i'm just i'm okay with it um not you know not to dismiss that attitude so i was surprised to see this trend with tech folks honestly um so i think that's interesting i mean so obviously blind is not that's not like pew in terms of a data source but still reflects a theme that's out there in the coverage so i think that's pretty interesting i don't know how that's going to evolve if we're going to see more polling on that i don't know if you've seen i certainly have seen people in my feed who've been trying to use facebook less or delete it that's been something people have been talking about in my uh, little uh, online corner of the world. I don't know if you're seeing the same. Oh, so or I, not. I also took the Facebook app off my phone, but it was not catalyzed by 
Cambridge Analytica stuff in part because I figure Facebook already knows everything about me and like that's just a sunk cost. It was in part because I was tired of opening up the app when I was like half bored but half should be working on something else or half could be doing anything else more productive, working out, cooking, cleaning, learning to play the guitar, literally anything else. Mm -hmm. And I would open it up and I'd scroll through and I'd be like, there's a post from someone I haven't talked to in eight years about something I don't know about. And here's a post of someone trying to sell essential oils. And here's another post of someone trying to sell essential oils. And here's someone I – New from college, and they're having a baby, and that's great. And here's now someone who is my sister's friend's cousin, and they appear to be on vacation in Montana. And like, and all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, I just, where did 15 minutes go? Right. right. And none of those were people that I, not that I don't care about them, because you should care about your fellow man, but l- let's be for real. <laughs> like, this right. was not content I needed to spend 15 minutes yes. consuming. So that's why I got rid of Facebook. Not because of data privacy concerns, but because of like, you're not serving me anything of value anymore. You don't like who said it, Gus or Beckett? (laughs) No, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that. I could probably go in and like noodle with my settings so that I'm like, here are the 20 friends I really love. I really want to know about Gus versus Beckett. Yes. Gus versus Beckett folks (laughs) who are not my Facebook friends, the like eight of you, eight listeners who are not also my Facebook friends, (laughs) um, is when I say, who said it? My 91 year old dad or my two and a half year old son. And I can never get them. And people have a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is like kind of a good little cathartic experience. Experience for me and um and uh to do like who said it gus or beckett but um anyway it's pretty funny because i used to do it who said it gus or lucy but now that lucy's six and gus is 91 it's really got to be gus versus beckett now lucy is clearly you would know who said it lucy okay. or lucy or beckett got it. i mean lucy or gus so anyway yeah it's not that i'm not going to be missing out on some things but by and large instagram is now my my app of choice yes well what about the census. Yeah. So this is a big story in political data, or I mean, not just political data circles. This is this is just a big story generally. So there is like a census beat. I mean, people there's this is not the first time there's been controversial census news. So there there have been a couple of census related controversies in recent years. One was um, Civis Analytics. So they were the firm that did Obama campaign analytics and targeting stuff. Um, They were originally brought in during Obama's presidency to be involved in sort of marketing the census, um, you know, encouraging people to take the census. Uh, Republicans, not huge fans of that, even though Civis has sort of pivoted into away from campaign work, like they were still un, like they got big because they were Obama's analytics folks. And so Republicans were kind of up in arms about that. Um, and you had some issues over appointees who, you know, typically you elevate someone who is a career statistician to senior roles. And they were appointing people who were coming from professor jobs or jobs on the Hill. And there, so that raised some red flags. I think one of the people um, who ended up not being in the post, but somebody who was under consideration had written a story about like oh they wrote a book redistricting about redistricting and, and made the argument that like competitive election if you draw districts to be competitive it's like bad for democracy somehow yeah that the democrats were like yeah this i'm is not, not familiar the guy sorry this is not the guy yeah uh the other controversy of course is that you know in order for the census to work it needs to be well funded and funding is always a controversial thing um trump's budget i looked this up it includes Included $2 billion 
more for the 2020 census, but there are still folks that say that is not enough. The amount of funding increase you will need to adapt to the changing needs that the census has would not be covered by by that increase. So uh, lots of lots of controversies already. And then this question that is now in front of us is, should the census ask a citizenship question? So the census folks right now are claiming that this is a question that has been asked, and I, I pulled this down as we came in to tape the show, that this has been asked from 1980 until the present. Um, but then I've also read that it was not asked in the 2010 census, that, that it had been asked before that, but that was taken out in 2010. Um, so the pros of why you would ask this question. More information is a good thing if you want to be able to have a frank and informed conversation about the status of undocumented immigrants in America. Don't we need information about folks who are citizens, non-citizens, uh, what that status looks like? The DOJ is trying to argue, um, and this I'm just going to read directly from the the thing, that, that knowing how many people reside in the community and how many of those people are citizens provides statistical information that helps the government enforce Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Um, so on the con side, there's not a lot of trust in this administration to do things like handle the Voter Rights Act. Um, there's not a lot of trust in this administration to use the data properly at all. Um, you know, so take something like DACA. When when people signed up and said, I am undocumented, I am signing up for the protections being offered, they sort of were taking a leap of faith to say, I'm basically waving my hand and saying, hello, U.S. government, I am here undocumented sign me up for these protections, which means that the government is then getting a list of people who are undocumented. And there were lots of concerns about is the Trump administration going to misuse that information right. to go after people and deport them? Right. Um, so would this also lead to that? And and there was an interesting uh, a story that we can link to um, that Vox did where they said, like, a couple of years ago, you wouldn't may not have actually had a big problem with this question. Um, but nowadays, because people don't really trust who's running the executive branch, uh, in many of these immigrant communities, there would be a real hesitation to right. participate at all, right. which so means there's, undercounting immigrants. Exactly. So there's the response rate piece. So, you know, if the, let's just stipulate that this is information people would want, but would you be able to collect it properly if people were nervous about responding? And then does that put the entire project in jeopardy, methodological jeopardy. Um, and it could even lead to lower response rates with people who are in immigrant communities but are not undocumented, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, sort of feel weary or worried about being, you know, they may know somebody and they just don't want to be part of something that they feel may be targeting them in their communities. And then the other piece is, you know, I, I don't think this is a newsflash for anybody. Trump, you know, Trump's political record on immigrants and Latinos in particular um, makes this problematic, uh, obviously. And it's just another way that, you know, the census has become a battlefield for partisan issues because it's not just about the recording of information. It's all the other stuff that is allocated, resources that are allocated, um, congressional districts and redistricting that's done as a result of huge, it. Huge, huge, huge um, issue. Just knowing, you know, what, how, how different communities vary and what kind of populations are, uh, you know, need services and just who is moving from what market to another market. I mean, all these different kinds, you know, what's the growth and, and economic trend lines and demographic trend lines in these different communities and, and without having an accurate census that you're able to, uh, look back from, you know, year to year, it, it's, it's much harder to do that. And the fact that you have Republicans who have, you know, 
try to make the census seem less important or, you know, it's a lower priority. Um, you've had people kind of go out off against the census. You know, they're criticizing the census. It's not the first time we've had this. I mean, this has happened in previous census years where you've had people criticize, you know, the census and you shouldn't respond to census, census takers and so on. So it's become very political and the fact that it's now more political under Trump, you know, for all the obvious reasons makes this, you know, more worrying than it would be if it was just a demographic question change. Yeah, so this is we'll, – we will keep an eye on this. Uh, the other thing I want to look up, and if any of our listeners know the answer and would like to tweet it at us, um, that this is a question that gets asked on other government statistical surveys, I believe. I think I saw – I think I saw a friend of the show, Ariel Edwards-Levy, tweet this, that like the American Community Survey, that there are a couple others that do ask this question. Um, but the census specifically back ten, eight years ago did not. So what is this the same wording that is used on the ACS? Is that true? Did I just fake news our listeners? If you know of this question being asked on any other government surveys, uh, let us let us know. I would just be curious about the the status of this question on other instruments. Right. All right. Okay. Last but not least, it is a big weekend for religious holidays. Yes. And so that means we have National Retail Federation polling right. for you. Are people going to spend record numbers, Margie? Um, that's usually what we found. It seems like, as again, once again this year, record record spending. Oh, we don't have the trend line here, do we? Uh, no, but they do. They did highlight what percentage of people say that they intend to spend money as a part of their Easter celebration. So 60% of people um, say they plan to visit family and friends. Another 58% say they plan to cook a holiday meal. Yes. Half say they plan to go to church. 45% say they plan to watch TV. Liars. More than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you're not watching TV to celebrate the house. Sorry, I keep hitting my glasses against this table. But to say, like, only 45 uh, – no, the rest of us, like, no, not watching any TV this weekend. I just don't think that's right. To, that's not right. Like, I don't – well, I plan to watch TV tonight because I need to finish season two of The Good Place. I'm almost done. Um but I can see myself not saying that I have plans to watch TV over Easter, but like that doesn't necessarily mean I won't flip the TV on at some point. Yeah, I guess so. so. 35% plan an Easter egg hunt or go to an Easter egg hunt, I guess. We are going to for sure go to an Easter egg hunt. Nice. Yep, we're going to Easter egg hunt and we're going on like, there's like this old timey train in Western Maryland. So we're going, there's like a bunny themed train that we're doing. And there's also like... You know how there's all these different, like, Instagram-ready art things that cities now do? So yes. there's one here, and, like, the tickets always rush out and Im immediately. So there's one here that's a cherry blossom kind of art thing. Oh. And the only tickets we could get were Easter Sunday morning. I'm like, that's totally fine. So that's what we are doing. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. So that's I good. look forward to seeing the pictures. I don't do Instagram. I just, you know. Oh, it's so much more fun. I don't know. I just don't want people to know exactly where I am. You can later gram it. Do like post everything a couple hours after you get back from wherever you were, or a day later. I don't know. You can ha you can set a delay, or you can just lock it down. Most people don't make them public anyways. Mm. Only if they're like you know, people like me who 
would love to have brands come and say, Kristen, we'll give you free stuff if you live a fabulous lifestyle. I had this, I had this plan, but I didn't pursue it, but I should have, and someone else should do it. Like, cause Beckett, lo- I mean, he still really loves to eat and like just makes a giant mess. And it was always like, and I was like, surely I'd be able, someone should pay. Like, here, take this really messy food and we'll pay you 200 bucks to have your kid smear it all over his hair and take a photo of it. And like, <laughs> I was like, this has got to be a revenue stream that I can exploit, but not enough to actually do that. But anyway, he's um, he's just about past that stage. Um, But yeah, I guess that's what people do on Instagram. I don't know, but you have to like take the photos nicely and like stand up on things and like have filter. I don't know. It's just like too much yeah, effort. Okay. So that's why I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't need another. I don't noodle with it too much. I don't I need another skill. 80% of the time I just slap the Clarendon filter on it, which is like the second one on the list and just roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I'm super picky. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. I get it. That's definitely how I be. Um, okay. So key findings. Who says surveys are boring? I guess we don't say that, but they can definitely be cute. Thank you to anonymous third graders for opening up our minds a little. Stormy weather ahead for Trump? Maybe not. But it wasn't particularly sunny for Facebook this week. Census news reminds us how everything can be seen through a partisan lens. And happy holidays, folks. Hope you have some nice weather of your own. You can find us on Twitter at, at the Pollsters, individually at, at Margie O'Mero and at Casolta Sanderson. Find us at www.thepolsters.com or on Facebook, despite that whole segment we just had. If you're on Facebook, we will be there engaging yes. with you. Uh, thank you to everybody who sends us your tweets. If you, by the way, happen to have any wine this week as a result of last week's show, yeah. don't be afraid to tweet your tweet what you found. Yes. Tag the company. Before or after. Before or after. <laughs> Before and after would be. We, we, we really want to see the trend line. That's right. <laughs> How did things shift That's over right. time? Exactly. As uh, but anyhow, your thank you to all of our listeners. journaling exercise. <laughs> thank you to our listeners for your support and love, and we look forward to next week. Thanks. Bye.